Inner Voice, a heartfelt chat with Dr. Fujian. Break free from the forces holding you back. Get the life you deserve. Eliminate stress, reduce anxiety, decrease depression, and start living your full potential. Thousands have used Dr. Fujian Zane's Awareness Integration Theory, an evidence-based behavioral health breakthrough with incredible life-changing results. Getting rid of past trauma, having fulfilling relationships, increasing earnings, and living their best life. Now, the Fujian app is available to everyone. The app is Dr. Fujian Zane's Awareness Integration Theory theory in the palm of your hand. Download the Fujian app today. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Inner Voice Show. A heartfelt chat with my guests and you beautiful listeners and viewers. I'm Dr. Fujian Zain. I'm a psychotherapist and author and the originator of the Awareness Integration Theory. And it's so good to be with all of you today. For many of you who have asked about uh, the books that are out uh, for the awareness integration um, therapy, I wanted to share with you, and you can get these also from my website, Life Reset, which is um, a book for, uh, it's a self-help book, and you can go through the exercises of, through the awareness integration and really learn and apply it with almost like 20 areas of your life. And then for you who are therapists, coaches, um, mental health practitioners, people who love to work with others, uh, awareness integration therapy actually shows um, you how to take this theory and intervention and utilize it with your clients. And intentional parenting is for all of you parents, grandparents, um, teachers, um, educators who work with children and uh, love to utilize uh, and love to utilize the awareness integration theory and technique with the children, whether at school or at home. So I hope that you enjoy those books. You can find them on my website, fujanzain.com. Um, also, if you are a practitioner, life coach, um, that you like to be certified by um, us and the International Awareness Integration Institute anywhere in the world um, in this um intervention and theory, please, please let us know. You can go to awarenessintegration.com and find out all of the courses that are out there so that you could have that and um, be able to do this with your client. We love for our community to grow. For all of you who are interested in working with it, you can also go to the Fujian app at fujian.com. Without further ado, let's talk about what we're going to be talking about today. In this episode, I chat with Tanya Kolblesnik. She is a psychotherapist, she's a licensed clinical social worker, and a personal development coach whose focus is on helping people to pursue a life that honors their truest self. She has extensive experience in outpatient hospitalization, mental health, private practice, and wellness center settings. She clears the energetic clutter by helping you to identify the limiting beliefs and behavioral patterns that take up all the mental spaces and demand energy. And you could say even physical spaces and physical energy, but doesn't really move you forward. In this episode, we talk about how Tanya's heals the faulty narratives and changes the habit that don't serve you so that you may live in an alignment inside and out. Tanya also shared her work around combination of group and individual coaching, as she believes that sharing of an inner world and being a human together 
truly as a safe space, collectively and individually, and an incredible, powerful method of lasting transformation. Tanya um, shared about a, a lot of different little techniques also in how to let go and uh, clear the energy and replenish the energy. So definitely listen to all of it because we talk a lot about how to let go, how to address, how to assess, and how to replenish. So I really loved our conversation. Up my alley, I really enjoyed it. And I'm positive you can enjoy it the same way as I did. Now subscribe to my podcast and YouTube channel. Connect with me through my website, fuzanzane.com or any of the social medias. Share with me your thoughts and I'd love to hear from you. Literally, I just love to hear from you. Share with me what you like, what you don't like, what areas you want me and my guests to talk about, and uh, we'll bring it to you. Now, without further ado, here's Tanya Cole Leslie. Eliminate stress, reduce anxiety, and decrease depression. Dr. Fujian Zane's awareness integration theory has helped thousands like you get incredible life-changing results. The Fujian app gives you her evidence-based treatment in the palm of your hand. Download today. Well, welcome, Tanya Kolesnik. It's so nice to have you with me. Thank you so much. It's so nice to be able to connect with you, Dr. Fujian, and to be able to connect to your community. A fellow psychotherapist um, and a social worker, and you work a lot with not individuals and group, um, and you look at a specific way of um, an approach uh, that really looks at uh, clutter, energetic clutter. How did you come up with this conversation of an energetic clutter? I actually came up with it when I was clearing my own kitchen cabinets. And as I was going through that, I was also so aware of, I was um, shifting in my own business life and building this new business that includes guesting on podcasts and doing some videos on Instagram and TikTok, all of which was very new for me, and realized that the what we focus on is so important to be discerning about that. There are so many things that can take up our space and our energy. <clears throat> Excuse me. So just like outdated spices in the cabinet, I realized that some of the limiting beliefs that I and my clients and human beings can carry messaging that we carried over from childhood, usually childhood, our families and the um, cultures that we grew up in. And sometimes later in life, people have experiences that there is a limiting belief that connects to that, that we can hold on to. And then we always have behaviors that go along with those limiting beliefs. Um, just realizing that our energy gets cluttered up as well. It's not just our kitchen cabinets. It's not just the physical spaces, although those also can really do something to how we feel in those spaces, but really our energy, if we're not careful, we don't pay attention. We can really get swallowed up with some of these beliefs that don't even, they're not our own. They don't serve us. So that's what I started to call it to help people start to understand, oh, if they don't pay attention to that, they don't have space left over to follow their hearts. 
and to be able to really connect to their truest selves, whatever that means for each of us. So there's a lot of sentences that is familiar for me, but I think that it is, uh, let's do um, a word um, clarity first so that we kind of come to close, you know, to an area that we're, um, everybody who's listening also is um, defining the words in the same way that you intended to be stated. So when you share about energy, what is it that when you say you don't have enough energy, um, what does that look like? So for example, does it that when you're talking about a physical space and cleaning and all of that, there is a different kind of energy where I get tired, I'm done. I says like a physical energy that I've exerted. And then I, you know, I need to kind of rest to, uh, um, have it be duplicated again or re, you know, recreated again, have that kind of like a physical energy. You also shared about like a mental energy. So can you share a little bit about what you mean by if we declutter uh, the uh, belief systems that, you know, it shifts into energy releasing or actually having more energy? Yeah. Um, An example from my own life that I give quite a bit is that I grew up with this limiting belief of if I didn't please others, if I wasn't agreeable, if I wasn't accommodating, then people would abandon me. I wouldn't be able to attract any clients, all of that. So I engaged in people-pleasing behaviors. And in my mind, it was necessary. It was the way I was going to receive love. And so in my own personal growth process and starting to understand, oh, wait a minute, that's, that's an old belief. It's not true and it's impairing me. So energetically, what was happening to me during that time is that I was depleted. I was saying yes to other people. I was considering how people might respond to almost anything I did and said, worried that if I said the wrong thing or did the wrong thing, that people wouldn't like me. And so when I was processing that and going through all that, my energy was impacted and I was tired and probably irritable and definitely some things going on where I was not able to connect to myself. I wasn't able to really feel a lot of pleasure and joy as I was going through some of those experiences. So people-pleasing is just an example, and really that's the behavior. The limiting belief is that I'll be abandoned if I'm not agreeable and nice and all of those things. And there are other similar, I mean, I came up with seven very common ones, but there are so many different limiting beliefs, and we all have our own nuanced versions, but things like I'm too much. So if somebody is maybe a very expressive person or can share a lot of emotions. They may have learned along the way that they need to tamp that down. And so they may put energy towards holding in some of their true expression because they don't feel safe enough to let their expression out. And that kind of activity can be very exhausting. I know people have talked about the idea of holding down beach balls or pushing down beach balls in a pool or something. And that the energy of that just can be exhausting. So that's what we can do when we have these ideas of limiting beliefs that don't honor our energy levels and don't honor our hearts. Um, And we can 
get really depleted from that. And one of the things that I've noticed uh, when we were talking about limiting beliefs, I'm also uh, sensing if we define beliefs, those are thought processes that somehow we've generalized it and it's not necessarily appropriate to the situation, but because we've, like you said, from childhood have something has happened at that moment, we've generalized it and kind of carry it with us all the time, all and which is not necessarily appropriate for all the time, but we've carried it all the time. And you're saying that when you're not noticing that this belief does not belong at this time in here, that you are operating based on something which is not appropriate for here, right? So for example, um, if I was in water and I was using those paddles, and then suddenly I think I make a belief that you always go faster with a paddle and mm. make this in a general statement and then you come on land and you're going with paddle and you're like no you're not going faster with paddle on on, on sand it's a it doesn't work on sand it only mm -hmm. works on the other way and um and you're saying when you realize that these uh beliefs are there these are things that are there that are not working all the time with everything and is not generalized then it kind of opens up for you to assess what's happening in your life and based on your assessment of what's happening then you know uh figure out what you're supposed to be doing or that works for this scenario but that those type of belief systems that are limiting or from the past that are not suited hold you back hold your energy back uh because it's not working in this instance yeah, exactly. Exactly right. Uh, an example that came to my mind as you were describing that is this idea of being productive at all times. Workaholism can be very celebrated in many cultures. And this idea of like, the harder you work, the better everything's going to be. And that was a very specific thing just in my own energy as I was building this next chapter of my business, realizing that oh no, working harder doesn't necessarily translate to reaching the sort of aspirations that any of us have for ourselves if we don't pause, replenish, make sure that as we're moving forward, we're really honoring sort of, again, our energy levels and replenishing that, but also connecting to our hearts and making sure that we're in alignment. There's a lot of flow that can happen when we do what you just described of this reassessing. Where am I? What am I doing? Is this the right fit? And then taking some action steps forward from there. You've also shared um, about um, the group uh, setting um, where it's different when we're in a group there's much more of uh, information that comes sometimes we see each other or the mirror of ourselves out there and we realize what it looks like I've even had clients uh, say say something and I you know I've asked question and they're like oh that's funny it makes a lot of good sense when it's in my head but the minute I want to share it out loud with you and it comes out of my mouth and I'm hearing it like this doesn't make sense but truly in my own head it makes sense but it doesn't make sense in reality when it comes and this is also another thing that happens in group like you see these things in other people and you're like oh that doesn't make sense and then you kind of like relate it well I do the same thing then how come I'm you know, I see it clearly with other people and I don't with me. Um, and then we learn from other people. And I, I'm sensing what you're sharing is 
Is it because we watch and see the other people's limiting belief and out there, it doesn't make sense? Yeah. I mean, I think for sure when we see it with somebody else, it, it, we can um, really see where it's not in alignment. We can see it when we're so close to it. It's hard for us sometimes to see it in ourselves. So exactly that it's really helpful. Both. I think the other example you said is hearing ourselves say something with witnesses and hearing it from that perspective, knowing that other people are hearing it too, can give us some clarity, which can be so helpful and powerful. And in fact, I became a therapist. I was originally a graphic designer. I became a therapist because I did a group of my own. I mean, I attended a group of my own and I went into that group really struggling with long-term love relationship. I had really longed to meet somebody that I could create a marriage and family with one day and it wasn't happening for me and I didn't understand and so what we often do is we make up our own answers to these questions. And so the answer that I had made up at the time was that maybe I was unlovable, which was a horrible possibility to be carrying around. And so when I started, I first went to a therapist who also suggested a group. When I went into that group situation and was able to see people who I developed these very amazing special relationships with because they allowed me to see their inner worlds. And then I also allowed them to see my inner world. I could see that they were expressing some very similar insecurities, but I could also see how amazing they were, how lovable they were and what they had to offer and how much I enjoyed sharing space with them. And it gave me just enough of a crack to start questioning my own story. And so it's that kind of experience when we are human and we struggle in such similar ways and can start to realize that if it's not true for that person, maybe it's not true for me or vice versa. So, yeah. Yes. The group dynamic has, um, it's an amazing concept because it's almost like a microcosm of uh, community. And even if it's not, we create it as a microcosm of the community. And a lot of times, many of our um, underlying um, thoughts and emotions show up where it wouldn't necessarily have the opportunity to show up when you're doing your own work or you're doing an individual work. Um, simple things such as like sibling rivalry, who gets the attention, uh, you know, uh, competitive angles that shows up. And then, you know, if two people agree with each other and they don't agree with you, then it's like, you know, immediately the sibling rivalry of, you know, I'm left out. There's so much of that group dynamic, which is shows up for us in public, in our work, in, you know, like uh, in our family systems and in, in our family with the in-law systems, with our own children. There's so so many of that shows up suddenly in the concept of, you know, when you add one more or two more, three more people to, to that batch, uh, which all of these other pieces in us suddenly shows up for us to have the opportunity to work on really and find those beliefs that you were talking about in order to de declutter them. It's like we're not noticing them until they show up. And then it was so many times when this show shows up in actual real life, we may tend to 
associated only with that situation. But when it shows up in a group setting, in a group therapy where we've not really, these people are not there, but then we suddenly see our own patterns exactly happening. People we don't even know. So then you really get, this is mine. This is really showing yeah. up from my past to be cleared. Totally. Yeah. And I say that all the time, actually, about it being like this microcosm of our lives outside of group and that it is a real opportunity to practice everything that you said. You know, if somebody is too much of a caretaker and they neglect themselves, that shows up in group. I know one of the messages I had to work on is noticing, oh, I tended to sit back and not have a strong enough voice and feel like other people's problems felt more urgent than my own. And then I realized, oh, wait, there's a thing that keeps happening, you know? And so helping myself in that case and also clients that came afterwards in my own professional journey find their voice, hear that thing that so many of us could say, which is, oh, you know, that mind's just not as important. They're really going through something right now and paying attention to what are the patterns that we're noticing again and again. And Tanya, how do you, uh, what is the angle, the approach that you take after uh, realizing and assessing the limiting belief um, what approach do you take in order to declutter, as you say? Yeah, um, a, a couple of things. One, I think that we can understand something intellectually way before we get it emotionally. And so just understanding it is not enough because it's still going to be very challenging as we start to you know, if we go back to the people pleasing, one of the things I had to do was set boundaries and say no to things. And so even though intellectually I had understood, okay, this is a limiting belief I'm holding on to, I need to shift this, I need to change this, starting to actually take some of those steps can be very triggering and dysregulating because the behaviors got put in place to keep us safe to begin with. These are things that we learned as children, whether it was based in reality or not, but that there was some protective measures that led to the creation of these behaviors anyway, or at the beginning. And so knowing that the story is only part of it, and then starting to set goals around it. I usually go in with people at pain points. So if they're feeling irritable much of the time or resentful and they're catching themselves saying yes, maybe to their partner too much or something like that, starting to identify what's the story, how far back can you go, what do you remember, and then setting the tiniest of goals because it it's a journey. And it can be hard to start changing the behavior, but movement, any movement is going to help you get there. And so really helping people start to identify some goals that they want to set. And then in group, they get a lot of support from each other. We all know what somebody's working on. And so as they start to set a little goal and accomplish that, we celebrate that together. It's something we all will get excited about when we see somebody making some um, progress in some of the goals that they're making. And we all know how huge these tiny goals are, because I'm talking about them being tiny, but they are so monumental as we're growing and shifting and changing. When you can start to do it, it gets easier. Those muscles get strengthened and you can then 
build more and more of the new kind of way of behaving without being held back by these limiting beliefs. Mm -hmm. And how does the decluttering happen? Like how does the one thing is the decluttering and one is, um, and, and are you assuming that when the decluttering happens that the energy releases on its own? Or is there also a step to do such as, you know, you're, when, when you were talking about setting up goals and moving forward mm -hmm. with achieving them, is that the path that energy gets recuperated or are there other things that you also do in, in that realm in order to bring back the energy again mm -hmm. if it's, uh, depleted? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think part of the process is looking at these limiting beliefs, like we talked about, but also where are your energy needs? What are sort of, when do you have the most energy? When do you feel the most depleted? And to make sure that people, as they start to identify those patterns, do some things to help themselves catch their breath. I think the simplest of self-care steps that people can take are often the best just because they're so um, accessible if they're fairly simple. And so things like taking a walk or journaling can be really amazing and helpful. And I know so much of this gets said in our world of psychotherapy, it gets said again and again, but even sitting for 10 minutes and breathing quietly can be very replenishing petting I have my dog is sleeping on the rug in this room and just like looking in his face and petting him for a few minutes can be replenishing so very deliberately doing some things and as you start to identify where your energy leaks are the the clutter um the comparison to others, maybe is an example of where people can get really cluttered up. Maybe they're comparing themselves to other people and getting lost in thoughts about that and catching yourself in the behavior and then coming back to your breath, dropping back into your body, that kind of thing. So it's sort of hand in hand, recognizing some of these beliefs that are in the way and also building up your own way of replenishing energy and um, finding a better balance. Beautiful. Um, what are some of the uh, techniques that you could share with us in order to replenish the energy back? You said, um, for example, what I got from you were uh, sitting and breathing, the, allowing yourself to uh, kind of calm yourself after you see what it you know uh, that and as I was talking to you I mean I was listening to you I kept looking at what is it that I can do to uh, replenish and then on that one thing that I was I was just listened to my body for a minute and my body was saying get up and move it was exactly, mm. exactly the same time you were saying it's just getting up and moving so the tension that is holding in any of these things happens and then I realized also that a lot of times when I like at the beginning of conversations like with friends or even some clients which I'm sitting in you know they're having a lot of extreme emotions at the beginning of it it seems like I can be with them I can be with them and then there's a part slowly but surely it's as if they're emotion lays on me mm. and then I can want I can experience my body going oh, I can't handle this any energy anymore I can't handle that emo emotion anymore you know like when couples are fighting or there's somebody who's going yeah. to have extreme extreme grief it's like 
I take, I take, I take, and then my body's saying, I can't handle it anymore. I got to get out of there. I can get out of here. And you can see those, like if you're in tune with your body as you were sharing, like if the minute we get in tune with, with our body, it really tells us what it means mm -hmm. and how we can get kind of like release that and then get, kind of get replenished again, right? Yeah, totally. I love. And also what you just described is such an awareness of yourself and knowing, oh, in this situation, this is where it shows up. And that's such an amazing tool when we start to get some clarity about some of the patterns, when it shows up and then make some decisions about how do we interrupt that? That could be a very direct part of the work that you do. You could share that. Um, I often talk to people about doing very simple things like going to splash water on their face or something like that to interrupt some of those moments because it is so intense. And you mentioned movement. I think it's really helpful for people to collect their own list of what brings them a sense of groundedness. What are some of the activities that really help them? For some people, reaching out and connecting to a friend for a few minutes can be really replenishing. For other people, maybe it's not the thing that they want to do. And so... Um, I recently reconnected to doing puzzles. It's not something that I had done in a very long time, but it's just being in that space and you can't really focus on other things too much because there's a piece you got to find to put into the spot. So that finding some things that work for each of us personally, I think can be such an amazing, helpful thing to do and then track it because sometimes if we're in a moment when we're feeling somewhat dysregulated, even though there's simple things and there are things that we know we like to do, it's not always so obvious when we're dysregulated. So we can look at the list and be like, oh yeah, all right, I'll do that thing. And even quick little things and movement's amazing. And you can do a short walk. It doesn't have to necessarily be a big intense workout for it to have an impact. Yes. So the awareness of your system, your body, your belief, your, uh, uh, let's say, uh, physical energy that is there is going to also help you to, to learn how to release it and let it go. Um, how do you do that also in, in the group? Do you suggest that you see utilizing the group is more about the awareness or are there also this concepts of like releasing and reconnecting and all of that happens in the group? We don't do it during group. I know some people do kind of have more experiential ex things that they offer to people in the groups. I don't do that with people typically. Sometimes we might pause and take a breath together if it feels like there's a, an especially intense something that's been going on. And so we will a little here and there. And I think it can be a really helpful, it's just not the way I do it, but it can be a really helpful thing to do. But often what we talk about is people starting to identify some of what their intentions are to set some of these goals, take care of themselves, what in particular, and they get really specific about what in each person's life, what are some of the things. So, you know, one person may speak about walking their dogs more intentionally and more frequently and taking that time and space for themselves. Somebody else is learning a language or um, playing different 
sports like soccer or something like that has been another thing. So really starting to get into what are the ways that I can balance out my life to include some replenishing activities so that I am feeling more grounded and balanced overall and starting to identify those things. And then we share with each other. Beautiful. Tanya, anything we haven't shared that you really want people to know? Probably in addition to sort of the, I do virtual groups, but in addition to that, I periodically do in-person retreats that I think are a very way to kind of get into or very nice way to get into some of the deeper stuff. And it's a contained period of time where people can get really deep with each other. And actually I call those deep reset retreats. So that just, I mean, to me, it just fills my heart to watch transformations and also to see the communities that get developed and how much love actually comes up between these people that did not necessarily know each other when they first came together, but there's such a, I think there's just something so connecting about sharing the stuff we feel vulnerable about, you know, our inner worlds with each other. And so just to say that there's a lot of beautiful experiences out there to help people sort of connect to their own hearts and to connect safely with other people who are connecting to their hearts. Absolutely. Tanya Kolesnik, everyone, where can they find you? The easiest way is to find me on my website and I have an easier to remember URL, which is clearenergeticclutter.com. Beautiful. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with me. And oh, thank everyone. you. Yes. And thank you, Dr. Fujan. I really enjoyed our conversation and I love the messaging that you put out there into the world. Thank you so much. And for all of you who are out there, create an amazing life for yourself and everyone around you. And until next week, bye-bye. Eliminate stress, reduce anxiety, and decrease depression. Dr. Fujian Zane's awareness integration theory has helped thousands like you get incredible life-changing results. The Fujian app gives you her evidence-based treatment in the palm of your hand. Download today.